Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So if we're comparing tofu with unsweetened soy milk as the way to introduce the baby to the potentially allergenic food, soy protein, I always go with tofu because not only is it easier for the baby to self-feed, but there's four and a half times more iron per serving. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Katie Ferraro, and today we're talking about soy, how to introduce your baby to this potentially allergenic food. Now, soy is one of the big eight allergenic foods, but soy and soybean allergy, the prevalence of that, it's lower than the other seven foods on that list. But we're still going to talk about how we introduce it to babies and why that is important. And I'm going to share some tips on how to introduce soy safely. So I like to start out every episode with a baby led weaning tip of the day. This one's pretty straightforward when it comes to soy. Tofu is the single easiest way to get your baby to try soy protein. I'll give you some tips on how to do that safely today. We are going to focus on safety because you sometimes hear that the compounds in soy foods, they might be linked to things like breast cancer or hormonal imbalances. We're going to look more closely at why that is not true and why soy is actually an important food for your baby to try that is perfectly safe if you offer it properly. So I'll explain how to do that in this episode. So let's go ahead and dive in talking all about soy and how to introduce your baby to this potentially allergenic food. Now I mentioned the phrase, the big eight allergenic foods. Okay. These are the eight foods that account for about 90% of food allergy. So with a few of the big eight allergenic foods, we have some pretty good data that's showing that introducing these early and often may help prevent against food allergy down the road. Now with soy, what we like to do is kind of hone in on the American Academy of Pediatrics statement who reminds us that there's no evidence that waiting to introduce a baby safe, which means soft, allergy-causing foods like eggs and soy and dairy and peanuts or fish, waiting beyond the six-month period, there's no evidence that helps prevent food allergy. So we put soy as a big eight food in the list of the foods that we do want to introduce to babies early and often. All right. So soy is a big eight allergenic food and soybeans are members of the legume family. You might be familiar with legumes like dried peas and beans, lentils. Peanuts are actually also legumes. Peanuts are a separate 
allergenic food category. They're also in the big eight allergenic foods. And if you're interested in learning more about peanuts, go back to episode number 14 that I talked all about peanuts and how to introduce that safely to your baby. Uh, There's a lot of data about peanuts. And so I think it's a good episode. If you go to blwpodcast.com slash 14, you can get up to speed on a different legume peanut. But today we're talking about soy and being allergic to soy actually does not mean that you have a greater chance of being allergic to other legumes, including peanuts. So let's talk a little bit about the stats about soy allergy. Soy is one of those food allergies that oftentimes resolves in childhood. So one study showed that approximately 70% of children will outgrow their soy allergy by age 10. Other things like milk, egg, wheat, and soy, those are the allergies that tend to resolve in childhood. All right. Now the prevalence of soybean allergy is actually lower than the other seven foods on the big eight list. It's a little bit hard to find data for adults. We know there's self-reported data, which take it with a grain of salt, but prevalence of soy allergy in one study of self-reported data ranged from between 0.1 to 0.6% of the population in the United States. So this is not a major problem. Okay. If we look at the NHANES data, that's nutrition examination survey. Soy definitely has the lowest prevalence compared to all of the big eight allergenic foods showing about 0.25% of people in the United States have soy. That's including adults, okay? In Canada, it's 0.32%. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So there's actually this discussion out there that given the low prevalence of soy allergy, there's an argument that could be made that soy should actually be left off the big eight allergenic list without like really affecting public health. Actually, in Japan, there's a list of seven food allergens and soy is not one. Okay, those we have laws that require mandatory labeling. We have to list the big eight in the United States. Japan has seven and soy is not one of them. The data about kids it's hard to determine exactly what percent, especially of infants, would have a soy allergy, but know that it is quite rare, okay? Now, when it comes to milk allergy, we know that milk allergy is one of the most prevalent pediatric food allergies. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between soy milk and cow's milk today too. But let's, now that we know a little bit about the statistics, let's talk about where we find soy foods, okay, soybeans eaten by themselves. You've maybe had them as edamame at a Japanese restaurant, or perhaps you make edamame at home where you eat whole soybeans. But to be honest, soybeans eaten by themselves, not really a common food practice in American diets, but soy is very widely used in processed food products. So we find soybeans in things like tofu and soy sauce and textured vegetable protein foods like tempeh. So sometimes in like meat substitute foods, you'll find soy as well. But soy also is kind of hidden as an additive and an ingredient in foods that you wouldn't expect, like processed meats, canned meat, 
tuna. It's also found in ingredients in baked goods like cookies and crackers. Now, many parents are familiar with soy milk, okay? And so they sometimes say, well, can I just do soy milk as a way to introduce soy protein to my baby? I always prefer tofu over soy milk. So let's talk about tofu first and then we'll talk about soy milk. Tofu is a fabulous way to introduce your baby to soy protein. And if you can't cook, you will love introducing tofu because you literally take a block of tofu, cut it into strips about the size of your pinky finger and serve your baby two or three of those out of a bowl that your baby can pick up and feed to themselves. Now, if you've ever tasted plain tofu, parents will say, wait a minute, what? You don't even have to cook it? No, it's perfectly safe to eat tofu in the block format that you find it in at the grocery store. And there's different levels of firmness, right? There's silken and there's medium and there's extra firm. I do firm or extra firm for babies, but you could honestly do any of them. The silken ones that are really soft, they sometimes crumble quite easily in the baby's hand, so that's not as ideal. You just drain off the water, cut it into strips about the size of your fat pinky finger, and serve it to the baby. And babies surprisingly love tofu. It tastes like nothing, right? Tofu is one of those foods that absorbs the flavors that you cook with it. So if you've ever eaten plain tofu, you're like, this tastes like nothing. But to a baby, it's an entirely new taste. It's a unique texture experience for them. And it's a great way to introduce them to the protein of soy, the soy protein that could potentially be allergenic. Okay, so there's no set dosage of how much soy you would need to introduce to your baby. The general guidance for allergen introduction is do it early and often. Sometimes that's frustrating to parents because we don't say exactly how many grams, but I say do it a few times. I like to do soy and I do all my allergenic foods on a Friday, okay, and give it once or twice on Friday, once or twice on Saturday, once or twice on Sunday with no other new foods introduced over the weekend. You're giving yourself time to observe for a reaction. And then on Monday, you can go right back to introducing one new low-risk food per day. So I'd recommend introducing five new foods per week, a fruit, a vegetable, a starch, a protein. And then on the fifth day, I do a challenge category food. The challenge category includes the big eight allergenic foods and soy is one of those. If you guys want to learn more about this approach to starting solid foods, I have a free online workshop called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. It's all about how to get your baby to try 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches. And you can sign up for that workshop if you click the link in the show notes for this episode, which is blwpodcast.com slash three seven. So I prefer soy, or I prefer tofu rather as the way to introduce soy, but I get a lot of questions about soy milk. Okay, now soy milk, as you're maybe familiar with, is used in place of cow's milk. So it's a cow's milk alternative. And soy milk is made from cooked soybeans and it does contain soy protein. So for people that have cow's milk protein allergy or intolerance, they may use soy milk in place of cow's milk. Now, we don't give cow's milk as a fluid drink to babies in place of breast milk or formula until after they turn one. So it is also not appropriate to replace breast milk or formula with soy milk prior to the age of one. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, if the baby has a true cow's milk allergy and cannot drink cow's milk, then unflavored, unsweetened soy milk may be considered a nutritional 
alternative. Keep in mind though that only about two and a half percent of children under the age of three are allergic to milk. So this does not apply to the good majority of people. The good majority of babies when they turn one can transition to whole milk, cow's milk. Okay, so again, we don't give soy milk in place of fluid breast milk or formula until one if we're doing it. And even then, it's only in the event of cow's milk allergy or if the family is vegan and chooses not to consume animal products. So let's look at the nutritional differences between soy milk and tofu and why I think tofu is a better option than soy milk. First of all, in the serving size of tofu, it's about a half a cup. Now, your baby probably won't eat that much. I usually, they would probably do max a quarter of a cup. Now, there's no right or wrong amount. Some babies will eat less, some babies will eat more. So I hate to even give recommended serving sizes. But if we're comparing the nutrition qualities of soy milk versus tofu, a half a cup of tofu has 10 grams of protein. Okay, a serving size of soy milk is one cup of soy milk, and that has eight grams of protein. So it's equivalent to cow's milk in that regard. One eight ounce cup has eight grams of protein. But you have to keep in mind that a baby is unlikely to drink an entire eight ounce cup of soy milk when you're trying to introduce this to him at six or seven months of age. Okay. So tofu, on the other hand, it's a more condensed source of that protein, but also there's significantly more iron in a serving of tofu than there is in a serving of soy milk. So that one cup of soy milk, it has about 8% of the daily value for iron. And that's based on adult values. But if we boil it down about one and a half milligrams of iron, now that's a decent source of iron. If the baby were to drink the whole cup of soy milk, which we've already established, they don't. A half a cup of tofu, which some babies would consume that much, but most would consume about half of that, okay, that's 36% of the daily value for iron. So six and a half milligrams. So there's roughly four and a half times more iron in a serving of tofu than you would get in a serving of soy milk. Okay, so we're always concerned about wanting to offer our baby high iron foods. Tofu is a fabulous example of one of the few foods out there that is a good source of iron and also happens to come from a plant, right? Because more often than not, the iron that comes from animal foods is better absorbed by the body, but not all people eat animal foods or we want to be including plant foods. And when we do, we should choose high iron ones. Well, the legume family, the dried peas and beans, the lentils and the soybeans, not only are they good sources of protein, in this case, soy protein, which is an allergenic food we want to introduce our baby to, it's also a good source of iron. Okay. Another caveat there about the soy milk, a lot of the brands out there have added sugars. So if you are using soy milk in cooking, or if your baby is allergic and after they turn one, instead of cow's milk, you're doing it, or if you're vegan, just make sure to stay away from the flavored soy milk products. The reason why vanilla soy milk tastes so delicious is because it's full of added sugar. So talking about plant milks, one more thing, other than fortified soy milk, the AAP recommends that we do not give other plant milks to babies. They tend not to be nutritionally equivalent. And in some cases, it may be medically indicated, like if the baby's allergic to milk and allergic to soy. But again, that is very rare. So I want to summarize, you know, the soy situation. Tofu is a great way to do it. Soy milk, eh. Not as desirable, certainly less iron and certainly more challenging for the baby to get the same amount of protein that you could get in a smaller amount of tofu. Now, some parents are concerned. They'll hear things like, oh, well, I heard soy is not good for babies. It contains phytoestrogens. Or these are known plant compounds that are plant estrogens or isoflavones. And over the years, there have been reports about phytoestrogens possibly being linked to breast cancer. But then there's other studies that show that the isoflavones might actually be protective against diseases 
like certain types of cancer, including breast cancer. So the journal Pediatrics from the American Academy of Pediatrics, there's a study, and I'll link to it in the show notes as well, okay, points out that there's no evidence that the isoflavones in soy have any negative effect on hormones or development in babies. So that this is not a harmful product and provided that you're serving it to your baby in a safe manner. I think tofu, plain tofu is very safe for babies, especially early eaters. You can be starting these allergenic foods. I do one a week, starting from the time the baby starts solid foods at six months of age. So by the time your baby turns eight months of age, two months later, you could have knocked out all eight of these allergenic foods. Soy being one of the easier ones, I think, because tofu is such an easy food to feed. Now, sometimes we have tofu... Uh, cooked with certain cuisines or certain dishes. It might might have a lot of very salty sauce added, or it might be fried and hard and crispy. Okay, we wouldn't, we don't give hard or crispy foods to early eaters, certainly, who'd stick to the plain tofu early on. Later, when your baby's a little bit older, they can handle more challenging textures, um, but certainly we wouldn't want to give like really crunchy pieces of fried tofu right off the bat to a baby. And we also want to minimize sodium. So we want to look at what sauces or what other ingredients are in the dish that the baby's having it. But early on when you're starting out, I recommend just doing the isolated food so you can observe for any potential reaction. And tofu is a fabulous way to do that. So if you want to get links to some of the articles referenced in this episode or if you want to sign up for that free baby led weaning workshop, check out the so, just show notes rather for this episode at blwpodcast.com slash three seven. And there you have it. Now you know all about soy and how to introduce your baby to this potentially allergenic food. Bye now. you find it hard to sleep at night then the calm cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long calm cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires all of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast calm cove is brought to you by the team behind sleep cove the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night.